0: Control Toro is uh, nowadays a powerful and uh, mandatory tool for having uh, an efficient supply chain control. Luxembourg has a really strong asset, it's, uh, its locations in the middle of the Western Europe. Sustainability is definitely part of the strategy now and uh, must be like a strategical trigger for any, anyone in logistics.
1: Hello and welcome at Logistics Conversations, the podcast of the Cluster for Logistics Luxembourg. Logistics conversation will allow you to discover interesting and passionate people from the world of logistics and their projects. Logistics is essential in Luxembourg and we want you to have a look behind the scene. Good afternoon, dear listeners um, to the podcast from the cluster for logistics Luxembourg. Today we have Florian Grova on the podcast to talk about the supply chain management career and about typical projects. Uh, Since 2009, the Cluster for Logistics organizes conferences twice per year. A lot of infrastructure has been built in the three major hubs of Dudelange, Bertonbourg, Canton Airport and the port of Mertard, actually over 300,000 square meter of warehouses, plus a very modern multimodal hub for probably an investment of over 500 million euros in the last 10 years. Now we need to focus on competences, processes, efficiency to stay competitive in Europe. Florian, you have the skills to drive such supply chain, education and projects. That's why we wanted to invite you, uh, Florian Krova from Hamlet Consulting. Uh, this is the first afternoon podcast. Uh, I hope you are not too, much, too big a fan of football.
0: Hi, Malik, Thank you for inviting me for the podcast. Uh, I would say I'm not a big fan of football, so with this mundial, uh, I think I'm good and fully with you.
1: Okay, because I just realized that we missed the game of Germany, the first game of Germany, so uh, that that was not foreseen. Could you maybe describe what is your company and what does what does it do?
0: Yes, sure. So. Hamlet Consulting is a Luxembourgish consulting firm. Uh, we are here in the Grand Duchy for, for 20 years. Uh, f- basically, we have been provided uh, providing um, IT consulting uh, for, for the last uh, 10 years. And then we moved to testing. And, uh, and since a year, we have decided to enlarge the scope for our clients and embrace as well, uh, management consulting and transformation. Um, I'm in charge of this last branch uh, and specifically I'm working on supply chain and operational excellence uh, topics. You will see afterwards my my background, how we we can connect it with with consulting. Um, Here in Luxembourg, we have 60 consultants so far and we are as well operating in Belgium and Switzerland.
1: Okay. Yeah, thank you very much. I saw your CV. It's very uh, large and a lot of um, details inside. So let's talk a little bit uh, also education in logistics. You know, what? Uh, as an example, what is your background? Could you walk us through your curriculum and maybe how typical is your curriculum?
0: Yes, sure. So I would not say have a particular or an extraordinary curriculum, just a regular one. I've been to university. Um, maybe here what could be specific is i've done my five years of university in apprenticeship so meaning uh, half of the time at the university and half working for uh, companies and here uh, basically started my journey with logistics uh, i've done first a bachelor with a logistics provider um, and then a master degree uh, with uh, uh, international car manufacturer um, Uh, where i was working for the supply chain department so um, actually i've started uh, logistics when i was 18 uh, in the operations and then i moved up to projects strategy innovation and i think the podcast would be a great opportunity to share with uh, the auditors uh, this experience Um, i will also mention that after this university path I decided as well to invest my time in education uh, and now for eight years uh, I'm really happy to share my knowledge and my experience with the student uh, in uh, logistics um, with, a, with a logistics bachelor.
1: Sounds good actually um, the Chamber of Commerce announced that they would like also to create a supply chain manager at the bachelor level uh, next year in September So maybe we see you again then when this uh, this curriculum is designed. You started in um, cars. Uh, I consider that probably that's one of the toughest uh, games, automobile industry when it comes to logistics, just in time and all those terms. Let's go into media race. How do you see automation in warehouses?
0: So automation or automation is a quite large topic. Uh, If we focus on warehouses, um we could split the process from the in-goods to um the delivery. Um so here automation can take part of many processes um from the receipt or the goods in uh in the warehouse, then we have the storage, the preparation, picking, and then we prepare the shipment and we, we deliver. Um at every single stage we we can see different kind of uh, automation Um, if first we need to unload the trailer so here we can have any kind of robots or so-called AGV automatic guided vehicle who can uh, which can um, unload pallets from a truck so can be a first step of automation, then for the storage as well. Uh, now we can see uh, nowadays uh, forklift or automatic forklift uh, using this AGV technology to drop a pallet to to a racks. Uh, we see many kind of automation in um, parcel or boxes preparation. Uh, we can go for from a big mechanism uh, which can prepare directly all the parcels. We can have as well. Um, some robotic approach where we have a robot and a human so a robot and a picker and you we just give assistance to the picker to reduce the penibility as well um, and if you go at the at the end of the chain uh, we have uh, the loading process um, here as well you can see any kind of solution where you can directly drop Kind of set free pallets in a truck, thanks to a platform. But as well here, you need to adapt your infrastructure, and you did as well to adapt the fleet of trailer with a specific material uh, to to deal with this this new platform. So basically, automation in a warehouse, um, to make it short, can be at every stage of the process, and um, we can use many kind of technology.
1: Okay. Uh, you are here with Florian Grova from Hamlet Consulting in the Logistics Conversation podcast of the Cluster for Logistics at the House of Entrepreneurship. Um, you, is the type of projects or the type of automation which you which you uh, which you mentioned? And this is not a question I have prepared, but a spontaneous one. Would that typically one be some of the projects you would be where you could help uh, customers uh, prospects?
0: Yes, sure. Uh, With our experience, we we can support the client to design an automation or automated process. Um, We can support as well to find out which uh, best vendor or which best solution could be uh, implemented based on the needs. Uh, And as well, we could as well uh, support the client into an innovative and R&D process to build up. A, a proper process for any specific uh, logistics purpose.
1: Okay, sounds sounds good. That's exactly what we are looking in. As talents get more complicated and we are competing with other sectors, uh, the logistics and uh, transport sector is competing highly, so we need to, to think about that also. Uh, do you actually believe in connected objects for efficiency gain and how would that work?
0: Uh, I do. (laughs) Uh, Actually, uh, I've spent about three years of my career in an innovation department and uh, basically I was in charge of what we called um, the worker augmented or how to bring technology to, to the manual processes. And here we have tried many kind of uh, connected objects for different kind of purpose. Let's, let's take some, some example here. Um, I would say first regarding when you speak about connected object, we could have two kinds of uh, technology. Uh, we could have a passive object. So it can be just like uh, a detector to, to see if you went through the good gate just to control that you drop the pallet to the right uh, area the right uh, trailer uh, so it's really something passive and you could have as well something smarter uh, as an active object uh, here uh, we could we are trying to give intelligence to to a thing to an object and. And by intelligence, we can as well speak about AI, artificial intelligence to make the object able to, in some cases, make some decisions. So operation, uh, operational decision here. Um, if we take an example, um, I've worked with colleagues uh, on a project where we t- were trying to make flying a drone in a warehouse. So it was just not for fun. Uh, here, the purpose was to support the team for the inventories. And here, basically, we we had the object, so the drone, and we we gave him some power, some um, some brain with uh, AI. And in such a project, uh, we just you know we were just trying to to use a drone as a facilitator to to make um, uh, on demand uh, inventory uh, when you are looking for a product if it's still available if you discover any any mismatch in your inventories. So. Here, basically, the challenge could be to define the flight plan of the of the draw of the drone. But uh, basically, the biggest challenge was to uh, calibrate the cameras to uh, capture the label of the pallet here. So, but yes, if your question is if I believe in object in connected objects in the warehouse and if you can they can bring efficiency, uh, I do believe and. Uh, I think we will see more and more uh, such objects in warehouses.
1: Is that still a job or is that uh, already game?
0: Uh- <laughs> it has been a job, it has been my daily life for three years, uh, but still uh, still really willing to, to continue this path and uh, this journey with the, the objects and how to, you know, bring intelligence into logistic processes.
1: Sounds like a good idea. When I was still in industry, I could remember that people were planning one or two days across Europe to go into the warehouses once per year, probably, or maybe more often to verify that what was on the books was also inside in the inventories. And it was usually uh, uh, not a very pleasant uh, uh, you know, uh, type of work. They did not really like it unless it went to nice places of Europe. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> or, the world, or the world. That's true. Uh, so uh, as a supply chain management specialist and consultant uh, that's probably linking to the what we call control towers uh is that what you just explained um, is that unhelpful to run a supply chain control tower and and, and why why is the control tower actually important
0: so yes so so far, we we spoke about um, logistic operation, warehouses, um, and how to to improve the operation efficiency. If we um, step back and we t- we try to see the big picture here, uh, and we mean and we speak about supply chain. Um, here, the yes, the control tower is uh, nowadays um, a powerful and a mandatory tool for having an efficient supply chain control when we speak about um, control tower uh, basically we try to steer an end-to-end supply chain so from the raw material to the delivery in a shop or directly uh, to a customer if we speak about e-commerce um, when we think about um, control tower we we also include here Uh, the notion of uh, total cost of ownership uh, meaning you need to uh, master uh, the cost of your supply chain at every step and to have a control tower will support you on a daily basis to monitor some in some cases uh, in real time every step of your supply chain Um, I remember Malik you were speaking one time about uh, ETA so Yes, (laughs) Yes,
1: <laughs> correct. A very important notion for an industrial guy. Say, give me the, your estimated time of arrival.
0: Yes, exactly. And here, uh, to have a control tower uh, in the whole supply chain at every step of the process, because you have different suppliers, logistic provider, carriers. Um, warehouse in between distribution center and, and customer. Yes, you really want to know where is your goods and, and uh, to have such um, uh, ETA or to connect the truck with, with any kind of system is really important and will support uh, your journey into a better monitored uh, supply chain
1: okay so probably this is also what makes uh, logistics more interesting for my kids or uh, young people when they are looking for what should i do later Um, we have had um, some examples of augmented or virtual reality uh, drones Um, what is your experience with that where should that be tested or used
0: so if we speak about kids yes i think logistics can be definitely fun for them. Um, It's really easy to understand. We have logistics. uh, Every day we can see it with uh, um, uh, the postman, with the delivery in the street. So it's really a concept really easy to understand and uh, to make it fancy for them, for for the kids, for the children. uh, Yes, we can use such uh, technology. Uh, You mentioned augmented reality. So first maybe let's try to define what's augmented reality. Um, augmented reality in uh, picking so box preparation Um, uh, we can see that Germany uh, is really advanced on such technologies they have really uh, strong uh, system where you are using um, such uh, wearables so glasses with camera uh, I won't mention any any brand here, uh, but I think you you know what I mean. Um, and with this one, they can support the picking process by giving clear instruction, uh, removing, let's say, the challenge we have with voice picking. So voice picking is another system uh, where the, an operator give directly uh, from the system to the ear as instruction to pick boxes. And this one, for years, we, we see we have issues uh, people struggle with it and um and such technology can you know if you switch from one to another uh, can can be can be something can be something good but as well um, i would personally recommend it only for high density picking here um otherwise wearing 8 hours a day these glasses and going through i don't know 100 100 thousand square meter warehouse could be a challenge as well uh just as a human being. So the technology, yes, but with the right purpose. Uh, regarding uh, the second uh, technology, um, you mentioned virtual reality. Yeah. Um, so here as well, uh, kids could find uh, some fun, and uh, maybe closer to what they know, such video games. Uh, here, uh, in my experience, we we, we have been, Uh, we are still using such technology but much much more for a training purpose so let's take um, two examples if we speak about warehouse um, we were training a forklift driver uh, with such uh, virtual reality uh, technology so it was kind of simulator and we just wanted to upskill the forklift driver or just to allow them to train in a really secure manner with no risk, you know, dropping a pallet uh, from ten meters height. Um, the second one could be as well for transport, and you could have as well it exists such simulator for um, truck driver, uh, where they can as well as a video game. Uh, maybe you know plenty of them. Maybe better than I.
1: My, my, my daughter probably knows better than I. Yes.
0: <laughs> so so here definitely we can have these two technology augmented reality and virtual reality in logistics, in transport, it's live. It's not something uh, we should fear, but we should, I think, um, try to understand them and see how to get the best uh, potential or how to get take the best potential from them and see how to apply them in a concrete uh, business case
1: maybe I can uh, jump to this question where, where uh, sorry I wanted to say where the hell but where, where do you find such innovative ideas actually and technology
0: so innovation so <laughs> here is is a big topic can be fancy uh, but but I would like to to keep my two feet on the ground here and uh, you know looking for idea I, I could answer with two to in two ways first we can find ideas inside and outside what i mean here uh, what i mean inside it means you can find ideas in your company so basically you have plenty of uh, employees workers who have got plenty of brilliant ideas but they just don't know how to escalate or make the idea life how to make it happen so here uh, I will elaborate on this just after here we can define an innovative process to support any employee to to innovate the second one is maybe easier it's outside what I mean is just going out of your company and uh, check in a new ecosystem what's going on what are the new trend what are the technology what are you doing my competitors and where I personally found best innovative ideas where when I trying to cross or to yes to cross two different sectors. Yeah, that's a good
1: point. That's an excellent yes.
0: point. so so actually um, yeah,
1: you find you find the innovation somewhere else than in your own sector sometimes. So.
0: Exactly because how I would define innovation is not only you know uh, fundamental research R and D. Uh, it's sometimes it's just picking up an idea as you have seen in one sector and you adapt it to your own business to your own needs so um, so here is how we can get ideas Uh, so to be as well it's about the mindset about culture of the of the company because we need to be curious we need to have the right to fail that's something really important because uh, we have a lot of pressure here. We are speaking about logistics, uh, industry, manufacturing, and we know we are really cost-driven. So sometimes it's difficult to get a budget for such an experiment. And you know, when you do it, you are confident, but you you never know if it will work or not. So it's about investment as well. So how to find innovative ideas? So inside, outside, with colleagues, friends. Go to some fair trade, um, listen some podcasts like today, uh, or just read some book. But just don't think that you need to innovate only with what you currently know, but feel free to open yourself and go to see somewhere else where you can find other ideas.
1: Um, actually, excellent point that you make that you should listen to podcasts. Uh, we happen to have had uh, initially programmed another podcast instead of this one. And we send our greetings to Arne Hessenbroch, who actually, for health reasons, we couldn't make that podcast. He's a teacher of MIT. And we will definitely uh, see that we get him as soon as possible back because there the whole subject will be about innovation. So if I listen to you, uh, I can assume that when we go next May 2023, to the Munich Exhibition Transport and Logistics, a lot of people who haven't, who were not able to go there for some years, will will probably be visible there and will be going there to see what's new.
0: Yes, for instance, many others as well.
1: <laughs> Can we? Uh, you have such a long career pattern. Can we uh, hear to one of you the success stories of your career that you are most proud of? Mm,
0: yes, not not easy to to speak like this about sounds uh, good <laughs> sounds like you have more than one that's good myself <laughs> uh, but okay yes let's let's take uh, just some example uh here where uh, let's say i think could be interesting to to speak of um one one is about uh e-commerce uh so i Actually, I was working for a logistic provider and we were uh, providing, um, picking warehousing and transport to a luxury brand uh, well-known in the world about cosmetics. And they wanted to improve the, the e-commerce uh, process, but at a at worldwide scale. So in basically in every market in the world. And here, uh, basically we, we have supported them into the process from the idea delivering the technology. And here we, we are speaking about uh, how to secure the picking of parcel, meaning we speak about cosmetics, can be uh, a lipstick or such kind of uh, products so or really small, really light and easy to lose, easy to make a mistake when you prepare the parcel, uh, when you pick it up. So here we, we have worked with a partner. Um, you know, when we speak about innovation, Really often we don't do it alone, so so it's not only my Uh, my project. It was a team project. Team effort here.
1: Sounds really. uh, I think it's uh, open innovation is really probably here a good recommendation. uh, Yes, to be open for uh, people who have already uh, experience and maybe even to startups. Yes, Um,
0: maybe if I could just give give you more insight here, just to because for now I've been really conceptual. Uh, The idea here was to uh, connect free technologies. To improve the e-commerce process so basically we've built uh with a partner uh, a trolley a smart one this time uh, where we u- were using balance so to control the weight of the product we combined certain with laser to detect uh, movement to make sure the picker was dropping the, the, the goods into the right box and at the end we, we had as well uh, the identification process. So here was just basically using a uh, scan to to get to make sure we have the good barcode here. So that was one I did like it uh, uh, because I had a chance to travel to Russia, Romania, uh, France, connected with Brazil as well, to, just to support my client on a worldwide scale. So this one was really, really, really nice one. And maybe a second one, uh, uh, I think, some of you heard about Brexit. Uh, me, I had the chance, or I don't know if it was a chance, but at least I was there for on the front line for uh, an administration and basically we with a team as well. I'm working with a team all the time. Uh, we've built the first uh, European smart border uh, to, um, let's say, foster uh, the flow into the channel for the trucks to make sure that we don't have any customs or any administrative issue to stop the flow between uh, Europe and the UK. And here in six months, we, we built this system. Uh, we communicated to all the companies we could in Europe and, and, and basically the first smart border, uh, French border. has been created. Uh, it was, yes, between Europe and, and UK. Yes. <laughs>
1: Know Excellent, because I, I heard much too much uh, uh, about Brexit, which was not constructive, so it is good that uh, that was a constructive exercise then. Yes. Um, resistant to change, you talk about innovation and new stuff, um, not, not everybody wants to change and, and, and use new technology. How do you lead company or a challenge when it needs to change?
0: So change management, basically, Matic. So thank you for for asking this because uh, I've seen in many projects is so so often uh, underestimated. Um, change management is key when we speak about digital transformation, innovation. Um, we we see here uh, basically before speaking about technology, it's about changing the people, changing the way they work, uh, accepting uh, the fear, accepting that. What we have known for a few years maybe it will be different tomorrow so so chain management is really a key a key topic here um, actually it's difficult to to give like the magic recipe uh, we need to adapt to each um, context uh, every every client has a different uh, uh, problematics here um, but but for leading chain management I think first is about behavior uh, My opinion here is you need to be you have to to have the courage to go through this process you as well need abnegation and resilience because you you need to take the team and you know take them from a to b uh, with everyone still on board losing nobody behind so so change management is first for me culture and uh, behavior then how to make it happen how to how to do it first I guess is to be empathetic so to listen first before before you want to change something first listen to the people you work with or the people you work for because at the end me I'm a consultant so when the project is done I, w- I, w- I won't be the one dealing with uh, uh, the new system so first we need to listen uh, from top management to um, to the workers to make sure that everybody's aligned about what we want to do, for what, and we need to give sense. So with have no sense.
1: As we say today, purpose.
0: Yes, to give sense to... Mm-hmm. We can say to give sense to life here, mm-hmm. to give sense to work, it's the same. We need to find the right purpose and to explain it. And then we need to deal with resistance. So dealing with resistance can be first to be open to, to accept um, maybe the fear from the colleagues. Uh, Then it's to have the courage to override them. And at the end, as a manager, you need to decide uh, with who you want to move forward. So so make your best to keep everyone on. But we also know that sometimes we will need to make some changes.
1: Uh, I think that's all really well said. The, the, the changes, is, is, uh, there's a lot of resistance to change. So uh, in general, how do you see Luxembourg uh, when you, uh, how how do you see Luxembourg compete when it comes to region or European warehouses with all the many new technology items which you mentioned?
0: So so yes, Luxembourg has a really strong asset, its, uh, its location. So in the middle of the Western Europe, uh, and I hear I say Western Europe because I've been a few years in the Central Europe, and sometimes I'm here that Luxembourg is in this, uh, it's <laughs> is in Central Europe, but geographically speaking, is not exactly the case. But yes, here Luxembourg is surrounded by directly three countries. Three, two big one, one a bit smaller, but really attractive as well. Um, here Luxembourg can be really attractive based on the talent competition uh, today we speak about processes logistics trucks but at the end you need somebody behind and here uh, people talent are really key to to make it happen and I guess Luxembourg has this power to make talented people come in and here we when we see uh, the demography here uh, almost half of the residents of the country are foreigners so here i think it's a big asset for for the country then regarding dealing with you know uh, the neighborhoods the other countries around um, luxembourg as well can can be also ahead of the other thanks to his uh, sustainability uh, strategy here i think uh, for luxembourg is, is is a pretty good one and and everyone should uh, pay m- more attention to this criteria when they decide to locate the warehouse um, and then the other one this one I, I will make uh, as well uh, a short connection with Central Europe here um, it's about uh, the costs or the salary cost uh, in the past years for so many bad reasons uh, s- some some company decided to uh, locate a warehouse in the western part of the eastern part of europe uh sometime really close to a border to a really big countries like germany and at the end yes they saved money uh by 30 percent because the land was cheaper building was cheaper uh salary were cheaper but at the end they struggled to find out people because in such region uh people from Poland and Czechia are not working in Poland and Czechia. They are going for a better uh, salary from the other um, side of the border. So sometimes I think we should consider this aspect because I've seen in so many cases the need to create uh, uh, immigration to find out uh, workers for warehouses and can be a, a good point. But then I think it's really a key criteria that must be addressed in a tender or in your strategy when you want to locate your warehouse somewhere in Europe.
1: Okay, <clears throat> we're coming to the end of the podcast with Florian Grova from Hamlet Consulting. Uh, one last element, which is very much on our agenda, which is you know the energy transition and how do we take into consideration green logistics. What role do you see Green Logistics and the energy transition in transport play?
0: So yes, so sustainability, uh, carbon footprint, green logistics, so all is, all is connected. We cannot today have uh, any any project without considering this aspect. Um, in some projects I've seen that more and more companies are measuring the footprint uh, impact Of the project of the technology use so I think this one is absolutely something I encourage every everyone in a project to measure the footprint impact Uh, but then yes we are now in a a really high inflation time Uh, we all need to reduce cost Uh, and here energy is uh, is a key driver so less you consume better you you improve your your cost rate so so yes, sustainability is is definitely part of the strategy now and uh, must be t- tackled uh, like this, like a strategical uh, trigger for for any any anyone in logistics and you know over over this uh, purpose.
1: Thank you. So I come to the last question: What personal dream would you like to fulfill one day?
0: Uh, this one is a really tricky one. I have so many dreams. Difficult to pick, to pick just one.
1: Um, Shall we continue uh, another podcast to to talk about your dreams? This one, Malik, you you
0: made a great transition here because yes, I really enjoyed the time with you, and I will dream to make a new podcast with all the cluster for logistics team next year in 2023. This one is really an achievable, achievable one, and I hope it won't be just a dream, but we will make everything to make it true. So thank you very much.
1: Thank you very much. Uh, you listened to Florian Grova from Hamlet Consulting and the Logistics Conversation podcast from the Cluster for Logistics, supported by the Ministry of Mobility and Roadworks. And uh, thank you very much for joining. And I hope it's, uh, it's pleasant for the listeners. Thank you very much. Thank you, Mary. Thank you for listening to Logistics Conversation. You can find our podcast and interview on SoundCloud, Spotify, and of course our webpage www.c4l.lu. Thank you.